rejoice and be glad in it. Friends, welcome to worship today with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or visiting us for the first time, whether you are here in our sanctuary or worshiping with us from home, we welcome you. We hope this place can be home for you and we are delighted to be worshiping with you this day. For those of you who are in the sanctuary, there is that familiar red folder in your pew, and we invite you to take that, note your presence with us, pass it to your neighbors so they can do the same. The only announcement I have today is just to remind you that on Saturday, our mission trip team sets out for West Virginia. You commissioned them in worship last week, and they are delighted and excited to be on their way on behalf of this church. So please be praying for them this week as they prepare for that journey. Pray for them on Saturday, and we will certainly be praying for them in worship again next week. But it is a delight to be sending them off for God's mission and ministry in in the world on behalf of Morrisville Presbyterian Church. So please keep them in your prayers. Friends, in the midst of this summer heat, we are reminded of a God who is with us, who is as close to us as the air we breathe. As we seek to create breathing room to rest in God's presence and restoration and assurance, let us do so today with hearts open to receive him, with minds open to receive our God so that we might together worship our God this day together. Let us worship God. Good morning. Please stand as you are able and join us in our responsive call to worship. To those who are hungry, Jesus says, come and feast. There's more than enough for all. To those who are thirsty, he says, come and drink, this river never runs dry. To those who are tired and weary, he says, here you will find rest for your soul. So come you who have much faith and you who would like to have more. For Christ welcomes all, let us worship God together. Please continue to stand and join us in singing hymn number one. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty.
merciful and mighty is our God, the blessed Trinity. And through Christ, we come to learn of the grace that God gives us, even when we are not perfect. So now, let us unburden ourselves with our faults and what we would like to change by confessing our sins before our God, using the prayer of confession as it is found in your bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ. Have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Beloved Church, while it is true that we have sinned, it is a greater truth that we are forgiven through God's love in Jesus Christ. To all who humbly seek the mercy of God, let us proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. As forgiven people, let us share with one another the peace of Christ using American Sign Language. May the peace of Christ be with you, and we respond also with you. Let us share with one another God's peace. Let us pray. Living God, help us to hear your holy word with open hearts and open minds. May your word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please join me in our responsive Old Testament reading from Psalm 145 verses 8 through 9 and 14 through 21. 
Together, let us listen for the word of God. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his compassion is over all that he has made. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, satisfying the desire of every living thing. The Lord is just in all his ways and kind in all his doings. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of all who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh will bless his holy name forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I would now like to invite our young friends forward for a time for uh, young disciples. <laughs> and you can come all the way up to the top of the chancel. You come all the way up. Hello. Come on, come on. Well, thank you for making the big trip. And it's so great to see you all today. I don't know if you all know the Bible story we're going to read today. And I, I, if you don't know, I brought some things that can help us remember the Bible story. So, in our Bible story, Jesus goes away to a far place to pray. He wants to pray by himself. But... Jesus, uh, the crowds love Jesus so much that they want to follow him. So they follow him to this deserted place. And so they, Jesus speaks to them, he heals them, but then it gets late. And when it gets late, they realize that they do not have enough food. They bring out their baskets, and do you notice anything about this basket? It's empty. It's empty. Yes, very good. And so the disciples say to Jesus, Jesus, send the crowds back to the town so that way they can get some food. Because they see that the baskets are empty. But Jesus says to the disciples, no, disciples, you take care of the crowds. You feed them. And the disciples say, Jesus, we can't do that. We only have five loaves of bread and two fish. And so Jesus says, don't worry, I'll take care of it. He says, give me your five loaves of bread and your two fish and have the crowd sit in groups. And he gives them the food. And you know what? Everyone was able to eat. There was so much food that they filled a lot of baskets with the remaining bread and fish that they had. Everyone was full. It was over 5,000 people were fed that day with five loaves and two fish. Now, we don't know how it happened, but the reason why we tell this story is because sometimes we feel like something won't be able to happen. 
that something is impossible. But what this story tells us is that with God, anything can be, can be possible. Anything can happen. So when we remember this story this week, we try to remember that even though we don't think something could happen, that anything is possible. Okay? All right, let us pray. Repeat after me. God, we thank you for your miracles. And we pray that you help us remember anything is possible with you. Amen. Well, thank you, young friends. It is good to see you. You can head back to your pews or back to the nursery. May I just say, when the choir is not up here, it's a delight to have some of the choir out here, as was witnessed in our first hymn, so thank you. Friends, our gospel reading today comes from the gospel according to Matthew, the 14th chapter, beginning with the 13th verse. Together, let us listen for the word of God. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. Give them something to eat. And the disciples replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us and mold us. 
fill us and use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. And to that end, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Carson has been burning the candle from both ends for a while now. His job is highly demanding, requiring more travel than it ever did before the pandemic. His boss keeps using the phrase, well, we're making up for lost time, as if that's supposed to be more motivating when he barely sees his family. He regrets ever wishing for the return of travel, but did every day when he and his wife were both working from home, juggling sick kids and closed daycares when quarantine rules took effect. They don't have any family nearby to help, and he sees the toll that this new travel schedule has taken on his wife. She has a full-time job, too, and the new travel demands for Carson have made an already tense relationship even more tense. He wants to be there for his wife and his kids, but even when he's home, he's having to be on the clock. He's working. There's no breathing room left. Something's got to give because right now he doesn't have anything left. There's nothing left to give. Dorothy barely recognizes herself anymore. Long hours caring for her husband have taken their toll. He's now waking her up at night, terrified that he forgot to drive the car home from work or left the dog outside. He hasn't worked in 15 years, and they've never owned a dog. But such is life with Bruce these days. She puts on a smile as often as she can, but her children and her friends, they are all worried about her. Take some time off. Get out of the house for a few hours, they say. We've got some care here. That's what it's for. But they don't get it. They all live hundreds of miles away, and she's the only one left who he recognizes. And she hasn't had the heart to tell them yet. But she's the only one who can calm him down when he's upset or agitated. If she's not there, she's terrified of what could happen. She knows she needs rest. She knows this can't go on much longer. There is no margin left for error. She has nothing left to give. Mary knows her parents need more care than she can offer, but they're unwilling to consider moving. Mom has fallen six times in the last four weeks, and three of those times Mary received phone calls in the middle of the night. It's a miracle Mom hasn't been more seriously injured, but the word at the end of that sentence is always, yet. Meanwhile, Mary is swamped at work, trying to help her kids with childcare when they're swamped at work and feeling pulled in a thousand different directions every day. She can't catch a break. The doctors keep telling her that something has to be done with her parents, and she feels like the weight of the world 
is on her shoulders. There are a thousand different items that need her attention, but she is at the end of her rope, and she has nothing left to give. Bob knows his depression is back. It's been eating him alive. And he knows it's damaging his closest relationships. Rosa is exhausted, hopping from one doctor to the next through the chronic pain. It continues and continues, and no one can figure out what's wrong. Taylor knows his marriage is ending. Phil and Lindsay have turned their life upside down to try and help their daughter, but nothing seems to be working. The therapy bills keep adding up. The credit card bill is late again, and they've had to start taking vacation days just to get her to all of her appointments. They all know the world needs more from them. They all know the demands won't stop, but they have nothing left to give. The disciples were well aware it had been another brutal day of ministry. You'd think bearing witness to healing after healing and miracle after miracle would be enough to get anyone through the day, but they were all exhausted. Not only had they just received word that John the Baptist was dead, but the crowds, my God, the crowds were relentless. Jesus clearly needed time by himself to grieve, but because he'd become so popular... The only place he could go to be alone was out in the middle of the lake on a boat. So the disciples waited on the shore for him. And they tried to get a little shut-eye, but it wasn't long before the crowds, they found them there too. Come on, people, can't we, can't we just have a few hours or a few days to reboot, to get our head on straight, to, I don't know, rest for once? But the answer was no. The answer was always no. By the time Jesus came back on shore, they couldn't believe it, but there were thousands there waiting. They knew Jesus was tired, they knew he was grieving, but he was so compassionate. He wanted to cure whoever was there who needed it, so once again... The disciples set to work, forming lines, trying to keep order in the crowd. He'll get to you, I promise. You don't have to shout, please. And folks came from all over, walking miles and miles and miles on foot to see him, to touch him, to be healed by him. Thousands who were probably at the end of their rope, too. It was important work. It was always important work, but it was getting late. And the crowds weren't leaving. They probably just wanted to stay near the site of miracles a bit longer. I mean, it's understandable, but the sun is going down. The crowds were hungry. The disciples were hungry. Come on, Jesus, please just tell them it's time to go. Send them out to the villages where they can go and they can get something to eat and they don't have to be on our watch anymore. Well, they don't need to go, Jesus replied. You give them something to eat. 
What? No. No, Jesus. There are thousands of people here. We are hot. We are exhausted. It is late. We have nothing to give them. No, nothing here but, but five loaves and two fish. Not even enough to feed the twelve of us. We have nothing. Well then, bring me your nothing. Jesus replies. And I will show you what I can do with your nothing. And Jesus blesses the fish and the bread and proceeds to distribute food to 5,000. And as Matthew tells the story, all were filled. I don't know about you, but there are certainly times in my life when I feel like I have nothing to give. There's no gas in the tank, no energy left to give, no hours left in the day, no words that will make a difference. I've got nothing, absolutely nothing left to give. And the really hard part is, I was reminded of this by Trig V. Johnson, the really hard part is that when I feel this way, and maybe it's the same for you, I imagine it is, but when I feel this way, my life doesn't stop. The trickle of emails keeps dripping into my inbox. The phone keeps whining for attention. The next meeting is in 10 minutes. The washer needs to be repaired. The kids need to go in four different directions. My to-do list looks like 5,000 hungry people, and I've got nothing left to give. And in the midst of one of these seasons for me, I showed up one night for a church meeting. It felt like the 85th church meeting of my week. And the person reading devotions that night read this story. And I'd heard this story a thousand times, but never in the way I did that night and never in such a desperate and weary place, feeling as if I had nothing to give and yet hearing Jesus call anyway. Well then, Rachel, bring me your nothing. Bring me your nothing. And what a gift it was in that moment to be reminded of one of the most fundamental truths of the gospel. That the ministry we serve in Christ in any capacity, it is not dependent on how much we have or what we can give, 
but rather on how much God gives by multiplying what we have to offer. Sometimes Jesus is asking me or you to simply give what you see as nothing. Your little loaves, your few fish, and then to stand back and watch what God can do. It doesn't mean the demands of this life disappear. It doesn't mean that every heartache or stress or broken relationship will instantly heal, but it does mean that with God's help, when we are willing to rest in the assurance of God's grace and hand over our nothing to God, what little we have, God can do things beyond our imagining. When we only see scarcity, God can produce abundance. When we only know limitations, God's work is limitless. From the very beginning, remember, in the beginning, from the very beginning, God has been creating something out of nothing at all. And why for one moment would we think that God would stop that work now? In these weeks of worship, we've been talking about creating breathing room in our life, in our worship together. Breathing room that reminds us who we are. Breathing room that reminds us whose we are. Breathing room that slows us down. And breathing room that reminds us no matter what is going on around us in the wider world, it is in God that we live and move and have our being. And this text in particular reminds us that in the midst of the extraordinary demands of this world, and you each know what those are for you, but in the midst of the extraordinary demands of this world and the moments of sheer exhaustion and grief and heartache, when we feel we have nothing left to give, Christ beckons, then bring your nothing to me. Rest in the assurance of my abundance and my generosity, and know that I can do incredible things with nothing at all. To those who are hungry, Jesus says, come and feast. There is more than enough for all. To those who are thirsty, he says, come and drink. This river never runs dry. To those who are tired and weary, he says, here you will find rest for your soul. What's that? You've got, you've got nothing? Nothing to give? That's okay. Bring me your nothing. 
You'd be amazed what I can do with nothing. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We hear the invitation before us to bring our nothing. So out of the silence, let us join our voices together and rise as you are able as we sing hymn number 834, Precious Lord, Take My Hand. Please stand and sing together. Please join me as we affirm our faith through these words from the Apostles' Creed. As we seek to follow Christ in this world, let us state what we believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. 
we heard through the word proclaimed and read this day, that even when we think we have nothing left to give, Christ says to us, give me your nothing. So in this time, we are invited to offer anything and all that we are. When we give of our time, when we give of our resources, when we give of our prayers, we hear and feel the transformation of our God. So this day, let us give of our tithes and offerings. Thank you. 
Beloved church, to those who are hungry, Jesus says, come and feast. There is more than enough for all. To those who are thirsty, Jesus says, come and drink. This river, this cup never runs dry. To those who are tired and weary, he says, here you will find rest for your soul. Even if you have nothing to give, bring your nothing here to me. Because you'd be amazed what I can do with nothing. Friends, it is here at Christ's table where we are loved not because of anything we can offer or provide, but simply because we are God's own, God's beloved. No matter who you are or where you are on this journey of faith, you are welcome here because this is the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. And our Savior invites all those who trust in him to share the feast that he has prepared. Bring me your nothing, Christ calls. I will ensure there is more than enough for all. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Jesus Christ, who sought a deserted place to pray, we cannot help but follow you. So we give great thanks that you look upon us, our gangly crowd of humble mistakes and glorious acts of human goodness. You look upon us with a smile of compassion, for we have walked hundreds of miles on our spiritual journey. Yet we are still in need of your table for grace and energy. So on this 4th of July weekend, O oh God, we take pause to give our thanks and seek your forgiveness. We huddle around our picnic tables and barbecues, enjoying the company of our fellow neighbor and family. We pray that you may bless our gatherings of what is good and kind as we seek to rest in the freedom that has been fought for us. And may we remember that the ultimate freedom is given by you, O God, that before the 13 stripes and 50 stars, there were five loaves of bread and two fish that served 5,000 people. Help us to find the nourishment within this great cloud of 5,000 saints so that we may work to make our country not a stagnant myth of yesteryear's glory, but a beautiful tapestry of diversity in life, unfinished and fought over, but with a strand hanging in the balance, wondering if it will be grasped and weaved into the promise of tomorrow. So give us courage and strength, O oh God, to do your kingdom work in our community and our country healing the sick, giving rest to the weary, liberating those weighed down by oppressive powers, and hoping for a future that reconciles with its past, that looks to a horizon of greater equality and justice for all. We pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, 
art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. On the night that Jesus was arrested, he took some bread. Having blessed it and giving thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Every time you eat of it, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way he took the cup, and said, this cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins whenever you drink it. Do so remembering me. For friends, as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes again in glory. Friends, today we will receive the Lord's Supper through intinction, which means you'll be invited to come up by way of the center aisle, aisle, receive a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, you can take and eat it, and return to your seat by the side aisle. We have gluten-free options available, and if you would prefer a sealed option with both bread and cup, those are available at the front as well. If you are unable to come forward, we would be more than happy to serve you where you are seated. So come you who have much faith, and come you who would like to have so much more. Come you who have been to this table often. Come you who haven't been in a very long time. Come you who have tried to follow Jesus, and come you who have failed. Come you who have everything to offer, and come you who have nothing left to give. For at this table, Christ receives it all. And at this table, you will be filled. I invite those who are serving to please come forward.
Let us pray. Out of nothing, O God, you brought forth life and limb. Where there was no food, Christ, you fed 5,000. So on this day where we feel emptiness, yet desire something more, breathe into us the nourishment we need through this bread and cup that we have enjoyed in your beloved community. In your holy name we pray. Amen. As you are able, please stand and join together in singing our final hymn, number 498, Loaves Were Broken, Words Were Spoken.
My friends, if you go out into this world and you feel like you have everything to offer, praise God. And if you go out into this world and feel like you are at the end of your rope and have nothing left to give, praise God, because we have a Savior who says, then bring me your nothing. And watch and wait and pray and see what I can do with that nothing. May we live that truth and proclaim it. And may we go out to share it with a waiting world. And as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, and be with those you are called to love, this day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen. Amen.